Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. It is our pleasure to bring you these broadcasts on a weekly basis, and I pray that you are being richly blessed. How about dropping us a line? at P.O. Box 1285, Bremen, Georgia, 30110. That's P.O. Box 1285, Bremen, Georgia, 30110. We'd love to hear from you or just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's www.kingdomrock.org. We'd so love to hear your testimonies and just how the Lord is working in your lives. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to go into a part number two of the message entitled The Wild Child. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Here comes the rich word of God. Mark, the ninth chapter, Mark 9. We're going to go into a part two today of the uh, subject. I don't want to say series. It's probably only be two parts of the uh, message entitled the wild child, the wild child. Today we'll be doing just a, a little bit of board work, probably, hopefully, maybe. Uh, so you'll write some things down as we go on. All right, when you get to um, Mark 9, uh, say, I got it. If you're still looking, say, hold up. All right, I didn't hear any holds up. All right, praise the Lord. Well, let's go ahead and read, and after we uh, read, we'll go back and uh, uh, we'll go back and pray. So, Mark the ninth chapter. Uh, turn down just a little bit more, Tori. I'm just getting a little bit of feedback. Mark the ninth chapter, verses uh, 14 through 29, and this is how it reads. Are y'all ready? Okay. Be reading out of the uh, King James version. It reads like this: And when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them. And the scribes questioning with them. Verse 15. And straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed and running to him, saluted him. Remember, we talked a lot about this, about what's happened here, but prior to this on part number one. So I won't go back and do a lot of recapping. I'll just say, go back and hear the wild child part number one. Hallelujah. Available on CD at a price that everybody can afford. Anybody? free, right. If you cannot afford free, come down to the altar quickly so we can pray over you. Something is bad wrong. It's available on the table there. It's available online at kingdomrock.org, also available on the app, and also uh, it's available uh, on uh, Facebook, I think. And I want to also welcome our online community. Online community, bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Kingdom Rock, let's give our online community a hand, and we thank God for them in Jesus' mighty name. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today uh, for today's services. We know that you're going to be richly blessed. All right. Uh, let's go back and read now. Um, verse number 16. And he asked, the, he asked the scribes, what question ye with them? And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. Verse 18. And whithersoever he taketh him. Now underline in your Bible, make note the word taketh. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, underline the word, teareth him, and he foameth, underline the word foameth, and gnashes, underline the word gnashes with his teeth, and pineth, underline the word pineth, well, underline the whole verse, how about that? And pineth away. 
And here's the thing. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. That's the problem. Verse 19. He answereth uh, him and saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. Verse 20. And they brought, unto, they brought him unto him. And when he saw him, straightway the spirit teareth him. And he uh, fell on the ground and wallowing, foaming. And he asked uh, his father, how long is it uh, ago since this came, up, this came um, uh, unto him? And then he says, and he said, of a child. And all times it have, it have cast him into the fire, underline that, and into the water, underline that, or make special notice, note, uh, to what, or for what purpose? To destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believe. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying, I love that. Oh, there's so much in this. Jesus rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him. And he was as one dead, insomuch that many said, He is dead. 27, but Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. And when he was come into the, into the house, the disciples asked him privately, why could not we cast him out? And he said unto them, this kind, say this kind, this kind kind can come forth by nothing like that. Oh boy. By nothing, but by what? Prayer and what? Prayer and fasting. Let's pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this time that you've given us to gather around your rich word. Lord, we do pray today that you would speak to us expressly by your spirit, that you would lead us in all truth, show us things to come, really help us to dig in and find uh, the value of all that is here so that we can go forth and experience it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Let your heart say amen. Amen. In Mark 9, uh, 20, in Mark 9, 14 through 29, I'm going to go on just some surface things, uh, and then we're going to go a little bit deeper. How about that? Now, I want you to notice how in verse number 17, the, understand that the father of this child, the father of this child realizes that there's something wrong with his boy. But he also realizes that his boy is not the problem. It's the spirit. You've heard the saying, don't throw the baby out with with the bath water. Yes, the baby's dirty, but you clean the baby. And the baby is fine. Throw the water away. All right? So right away, God gives us wisdom. In some relationships that you may be having, some things that you may be encountering, some some situations that may be happening in your lives, it may not be the thing that is staring you in the face. It may be something else that is provoking them, that is causing them to act 
differently, to act another way. All right. Now, I want you to notice something in verse number 17. And it says, uh, and one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. Now, we know the word dumb does not mean uneducated here, but the always comes in with a thought. If we look back in the very beginning in Adam and Eve, uh, Adam, Adam and Eve were too strong. They were too strong for the enemy to use military might to come in. He couldn't. They were formed in a likeness and image of God. The glory of God was upon them. They were under God's covering in God's. They were under the Lord's authority. They were in right order and right relationship with God. The enemy could not in no way, form or fashion, uh, come in and subdue Adam and Eve and take what they had. Impossible. Could not be. As we said before, uh, when, they, when the enemy fell to the earth, when the archangel Lucifer fell to the earth, a third of an, an innumerable amount of angels fell with him. Innumerable, innumerable means a number that cannot be counted. They all fell to the earth. The devil and a, and, a, and a number of angels that could not be counted all on the earth, all on the planet earth. And then God, it seems like a joke, puts one man there and tells him, subdue. He says, you know, you need some help. I'm going to get you to help me. Subdue. One man. One woman. Against an innumerable, an innumerable amount of angels and the devil himself. They did not have the authority. They did not have the power to wrestle it from Adam's hand. Couldn't do it. But what he did have was a word. What he did have was a word. Now you are much more stronger than Adam. Because you as a born again believer have God living on the inside of you. Adam could not say the blood of Jesus. He couldn't do that. He could not pray in the spirit, pray in, in, other, in other tongues. He didn't have the word of God. But all he had was a right relationship with God. He didn't have what you have. So the enemy can't come upon you by strength to pull things away from you. So he has to do it through deception. And the only way that he can deceive you is if you do not know the truth. Are you hearing? All right, so let's go back. So how is the enemy going to get these influences into the society? How is he going to get these influences into the society? How is he going to get these words into society to change, to change our thoughts? Well, how about he'll do it uh, through bad associations, corrupt associations, those we call friends that keep tearing us down. I don't think that's a friend. I call a friend somebody that helps me get closer to Jesus. Are you hearing me? Amen. How about through magazines and, and through uh, movies and, and uh, through newspapers and uh, the news broadcasts? And how about the Internet? And how about um, some of these violent, very violent video games? Yeah. Trying to get thoughts in, trying to get feelings in into the society. And so we see, and like I said, also through the Internet. And here's the thing about a faithless generation. A faithless generation will receive its morals, its values, 
or its standards, not from the word of God, but from popular culture. They don't want to come to church to hear the word. They don't want to read the Bible to hear the word to see what God says, how they should live. They'll receive it through the movies. They'll receive it through what the stars are doing. Oh, so-and-so is doing this and so-and-so is doing that. And they'll get their moral values through the television, moral values through politics, moral values. And so hearing in a faithless generation, a generation that is not tied into the father, but a generation that, that where everybody looks to each other for their values. And they have been completely off. And so here walks the Lord Jesus. Here walk, here walk the disciples into this type of generation. And so he gets in the indictment. This is a faithless generation. Faithless generation. And because of that, that spirit has begun to traffic in and out of that generation. Now, I want you to notice some things here in verse number 18. I guess you're with me today. It says, and more, and rather, and wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and foameth, and gnashing his, his, uh, gnashing with his teeth, and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples, and they, uh, that they should cast him out, and they could not. Now, all right, let me get the end part, then we're going to talk about the first part. The disciples in previous times, were marvelously successful with, with casting out evil spirits. Marvelously successful in casting them out. As a matter of fact, let's go and look at one of those uh, particular times so that you'll know. Uh, well, we don't have to. Let's go to uh, Matthew 9. Let me show you this, Matthew nine fourteen. When the Lord Jesus um, sent the disciples out, uh, he sent them out two by two, and he gave them power uh, over demonic powers and power to heal and uh, power to deliver. And they went out, and I mean, just marvelous things happened as they went out, and they came back, and Jesus, uh, they came back and told the Lord, hey, uh, the spirits are subject to us through thy name. The Lord said, hey, don't, don't be excited about that, boys, that the spirits are subject to you uh, through my name, but, just, but you need to rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. That's the big thing. Are you hearing? So the disciples had marvelous experiences on casting out devils and demons. They've done this before. This young person comes, this father of the child comes and says, hey, my son's got a demon. No problem whatsoever. We can handle this. But here we see in Matthew 9, verse number 14, uh, the, uh, the Pharisees ask a question. He says, then came to him the disciples of John, or rather, the disciples of John have a question. Then came to him the disciples of John saying, why do we and the Pharisees uh, fast oft or often, but thy disciples fast not? Verse 15, and Jesus said unto them, can the children of the bridegroom mourn as long as the uh, bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall, uh, shall be taken from them. And then, say then, then then they shall fast. All right. So we go back now, uh, go back to Mark 9. We see at the end of this case, when the disciples finally went to Jesus and said, why couldn't we handle this situation? They prayed, but they had not been what? 
had not been fasting, had not lived a fasted lifestyle. Jesus lived a fasted lifestyle. As a matter of fact, uh, one of the cases we can see there, the, uh, the case where the, where the Lord Jesus was at the well uh, with the woman of Samaria, uh, the disciples, when she had gone into town, the disciples came upon Jesus and said, uh, Master, eat, 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 Master, eat. Jesus said, I have me to eat that you know not of. They said, who gave him something to eat? Who has given him something to eat? And then the Lord Jesus told them plainly, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and finish his business. Are you hearing? So the Lord led a fasted lifestyle. And so when he came upon the spirit, the spirit goes. Not because he is God, he is, but because he led a fasted lifestyle. Remember, if the spirit went out because he was God, because Jesus was God in his divinity, you and I had no, we could have no hope of dealing with the situation. But because he lived his life as a human man filled with the spirit of God as our example, he left us an example that we could follow. And he told his disciples, this is what you're going to do. You're going this kind, this type of spirit, this type of situation will not leave you except you fast and pray, pray and fast. Are you hearing So we see how the disciples did not have the type of faith needed because they had not been fasting. Now, this talks about uh, the dimension of church where we in right now, a powerless church to handle certain situations. In the past, the disciples were able to handle it just through prayer alone with a reasonable amount of commitment and a reasonable amount of following a followership of Christ Jesus. They were reasonably able to do this thing. But now, as we come along in the centuries that have passed, and as we're in the last days even now, there's another kind of spirit that has come on the scene. There's another kind. And so this, ta- this, tells, that, this tells us that the church is going to have to step up. That we're going to have to step up our commitment to God. We're going to have to step up. In sacrificing before the Lord, because this kind of spirit that has come upon the earth is not like the others. Are you hearing? It's not like the others. There's another kind that has been released that is plaguing the generations today, that is plaguing the generations. And in order for us to be effective, we're going to have to step up our, our commitment to Christ. We're going to have to uh, ask God for his influences over our lives. To give. We're going to have to actually pray, Father, help me to give all of myself to you. We're going to actually have to pray, Father, help me to commit my whole life to you. Father, help me to always yield to the presence of your Holy Spirit in my life. You're actually going to have to pray that and ask that. You're actually going to have to ask the Father to create in you a clean heart and to renew a right spirit on the inside of you. You're actually going to have to pray that. You're going to have to pray to God, ask you to ask. You have to pray and ask him uh, to help you pray to help you study, to help you fast, to help you do those things that would develop the type of faith needed to deal with these situations in this current time. Does that make sense to you? I I pray I haven't lost you. I haven't lost you, have I? And so we see a powerless church, and this will continue until the remnant of the church, the true bride of Christ, arises with that level of sacrifice 
And then you'll see those demons, those spirits, those influences leaving our society. Now, remember, the things that are happening in today's world, uh, the government does not hold the key to solving it. Don't hold the key. Law enforcement does not hold the key to solve it. It is the church that Jesus Christ has given the keys. He told the church, I give you the key to bind whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Or we can say it uh, really correctly this way. Whatever is bound in, in, uh, bound in heaven, you have the authority to bind it in earth. Whatever is loosed in heaven, you have the authority to loose it in earth. We have to be in agreement with God. Whatever is done there is done here. We have the authority to bind these things, to bind the spirit of murder, bind the spirit of racism. We have the authority to to bind the spirit of discrimination. We have the authority through Christ in prayer to bind those things out of the atmosphere and bind them out of our society. When the church rises up, when the church wakes up, and is no longer sleeping and in a slumbering condition and trying to live off of past laurels. Well, it worked before. Well, it worked before. Why isn't it working now? Because God's calling for a deeper level of commitment. Not just surface level, not just coming to church every Sunday, not just reading the Bible every once in a while. Does that make sense to you? Because I'm telling you, you will encounter some things that are released from the pits of hell now on this planet that the old way just won't handle. It just won't fix it. So we see here in verse number 18, I want you to see a pattern here. We're not, we won't be able to get to it all today, so I guess there may have to be a part number three. I want you to see something here. We're going to talk about this pattern, the pattern of uh, the generation. The pattern, there is a pattern here of this generation that you need to see because this, if you don't understand it and know it, you could fall trap to it yourself. We mentioned on last time that we can be so oppressed by the enemy that you find it hard sleeping at night. That you pray for the sun to rise. You want the night just to be over with. And how many, how many really have been so oppressed by the enemy, as we said, have had thoughts of suicide? Lord, just take me out, just kill me now. Just let me, just let me go home. Before we say I'm too spiritual for that to, to happen to me, think about what happened to Elijah sitting on the juniper tree, said those exact words. The mighty man of God said, Lord, it is enough. I'm done. I'm done with this life. Just take me on out of here. The same words, I believe, were said by Jonah as well. Hey, it is, it's, it's enough. I'm ready to get out of here. I'm tired of this life. So none of us are exempt from a trial that is so hard and that is so deafening to us. None of us are, that are exempt at that. Of course, we don't want to tell everybody that we've had these thoughts because if we do, somebody may just put you in a straitjacket. But the Bible says that we need to confess our faults one to another. Are you hearing? I won't ask a show of hands of whoever who was of uh, whoever's had those thoughts just streaming through their minds. I would say probably it was a vast majority. 
that we want to check out. Just get, if we just done with it, just take me on home. It's an attack. When these things begin to stream through your mind, understand at that time you are under an attack. You don't see your enemy. He is invisible, but you are, you are being assaulted at that moment. If you would see brass knuckles flying everywhere at you, it's flying at you and, and arrows, flaming arrows is just really striking you and striking you and striking you. In order to get a born again believer to say, I don't want to go to church anymore, understand that that is an attack. And unless you understand that it is an attack, you won't fight against it. You just sit and take it. And most of the time, we'll just try to drug it out. Let me take something to numb the pain. We'll try to drink it out. Let me just drink. Let me get a sip to try to numb the pain. Numb what pain? The pain of the attack that is going on against you. But the drugs or the alcohol and all that stuff or the, uh, or the, um, the sexual encounters, it may numb it for a moment, but the pain still remains. Why? Because the arrows are still flying. They, they, they're still beating and, and buffeting your soul. It's still going on. And you can live really uh, in hell on earth. I wonder if everybody knows what that feels like. Why? Because it's an ongoing spiritual attack. And an enemy, an invisible enemy is coming after you. Unless you understand what that is, you won't even raise your hands and fight against him. And you'll live in that condition. And let me tell you again, that is not God's will for your life. Say with me, God called me me. to live in peace, to live in love, love. and to live in joy. joy. Are you hearing me? All right. So I want you to see this pattern here. We won't be able to get uh, through it all today. Verse 18 says, I guess for time's sake, I may not uh, write it all down, but... Verse 18 says, the first thing he does is he taketh him, right? First thing he does, he taketh him. The word taketh there means, as we saw last week or the week before last with James, I took him right here, shook him. The word take there means to capture, to seize. Capture and seize. And listen, this is done in the thoughts. This is done with ideas or feelings, Fear or worry. There are some things, some um, thoughts or feelings that can come upon you that just arrest you. You could be having a great day, and then all of a sudden a wave of something just happens, and you stop right there in your tracks. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Everything is fine until the sun is still out, the birds are still chirping, everything is still going on, people still walking about or the, uh, um, the, uh, in their, the course of their lives, but you have been arrested, you have been stopped, you have been seized, you have been taken. Anybody ever feel being in a, in, a, in a crowded place in a mall and can still feel lonely? Seems like everybody around you is happy, but there's something wrong with you. You can be taken. This young man was taken. The first thing we see here, he was taken. Then the Bible says that he what? Teareth him, I believe. He tears him. He takes him. Then he tears him. The word tear there means to break through. It means to break in pieces. And it also means to hurl to the ground. 
Notice the progression. It stopped. You captured. Oh, what if? And then this thing sweeps you off of your feet. You're no longer standing. But you're off of your feet now. Something has knocked you down. Can't go to work anymore, whether it's a sickness or, or whether it's financial concerns or whether it's relationship problems. Uh, these things have a way of knocking you on your rear end. But it started with a thought. It takes and then it knocks you off your feet. Secondly, it says it takes him and it tears him. And then it says, oh, this is more, everything is more vicious than the next. Then it says it foams him. Foam, he foaming, uh, foaming at the what? Foams at the mouth. Foaming. Now, this foam, if you just look it up in, just about anywhere, this foam, this is not some spiritual material that comes from nowhere. This foam is actually saliva. It's actually saliva. If you were to put spittle in your hand right now yeah don't do it but that's the type of that's what the foam is made of your saliva what's happening here is that the body is producing more than necessary an excess amount of saliva an excess amount is called foaming that's an excess amount it keeps coming out keep coming out keep coming out what's the big deal about the foam or saliva what would happen to you if I said to you um, in a few minutes, we're going to have some nice T-bone steak or in a few minutes, we're going to have some nice sushi or in a few minutes, we're going to have uh, some nice pizza or whatever your favorite food is. If you're hungry, what happens to your mouth? Your mouth starts watering, right? Mm-mm, I can't wait to, mm, mm, can't wait to, I'm going to put some A1 sauce on that. Ooh. I'm a really, oh, can't wait. Your mouth begins to water. Isn't that right? What happened? So you see, foaming indicates an extreme amount of desire. An extreme amount of desire. An extreme amount of desire really is talking about lust. An extreme amount of lust. An extreme amount of desire. And this type of desire cannot be quenched. It cannot be quenched. This is a, uh, an extreme amount of desire, an extreme amount of lust. Now, here again, from the fault to knocking you down. While you're down, and I'm telling you, the worst things will happen in life when you're down. You say, wow, I'm down. Life is just not fair. This happened, that happened, this happened, that happened. When you're down, here comes the one-two punch. The next thing that comes up is, an, is the production of an extreme desire, of an extreme lust, an extreme lust for flesh, an extreme uh, uh, lust or, or desire for things or for money, something insatiable that cannot be cured when you get the thing. An extreme lust, an extreme desire, foaming, foaming, foaming. Are you hearing? That goes with what happens next. It has a gnashing, what, G-N-A-S-S, right? A-S-H, okay. Gnashing. Gnashing of what? Teeth. Gnashing of teeth talks simply about 
time of great stress. Great stress or extreme stress or extreme torment. Why are they going through extreme torment? Because I can't get my need met. I can't get it met. I can't get it met. No matter how much I drink, no matter how much I snort, shoot, or whatever it is, how many bed partners I have, I can't get my need met. I always want more. So there's an extreme stress that's there. Extreme stress comes. That's the gnashing of the teeth. Extreme stress. Torment because I cannot get what I want. Are you hearing Following that, what happens next? What happens next? He pineth. This. He pineth away. This chalk. I really love this chalk. Let me tell you. I'm having a hard time. He pineth away. Which means he loses strength. No more strength. Weak. So weak. The person is now so weak. They've been through so much. They're so weak. They have no more strength to resist what has come upon them. Have no more strength to resist that influence. First, the influence talks to them. You believe something. You believe something. You hear it and believe it. Secondly, it tears you. That is, it breaks in. It knocks you to the ground. Thirdly, you begin to develop a strong desire, a taste for something that cannot be satisfied or quenched. And then we go to, because it cannot be, desire, cannot be quenched, and then there's a, an extreme gnashing, gnashing of teeth or extreme stress or torment, a life that is lived in torment. Torment. And it goes from torment to pining away. That is, I'm so, I'm so weak. After all of this, how do you know that when you're stressed, it makes your body weak? It begins to break your body down. You're tired all the time because we're stressed. We're so tired. Anybody been there before? You can be so stressed out. You're just tired. You just want to go to sleep all the time. After the period of stress becomes the, the pining away, we're so tired. And when, when you're tired, you have no power to resist. And when there is no power to resist, we find, let's look now, a little bit further down. You'll find the last part of this because it doesn't end there where the enemy just leaves somebody. Let's back up for a second. Let me find it. All right. Let's go back to verse 19. Uh, Mark 9, verse 19. And we're just about finished. Y'all with me today? He answered him and saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him to him. And when he saw him, when that spirit saw him, straightway, immediately, that spirit tear him, and he fell on, fell on the ground and wallow, wallowing, foaming. This was a show of power, basically. That spirit said, you can't cast me out. I'm going to do the same thing I did with them. I'm going to do it to you. This was, this was, in, um, uh, this was in an, an attempt to destroy Jesus' faith. You can't control me. You can't contain me. You can't solve this problem. It's always going to be this way. Your life is always going to be this way. You'll never be happy. You'll never have enough money. You'll never have enough things. Nobody likes you. They all hate you. This is the show of strength, show of power. But Jesus was not deterred. 
Let's look a little bit further, then we'll be closing out. Verse 21. And he asked his father, how long uh, is it ago since, he, since this came upon him? And he said, of a child, and oft times he, he what? Cast him into the what? Fire and into the water to what? To destroy him. We'll stop there for a second. Next we see he pines away, and then, they, and then it goes to extremes of fire, fire, meaning hot, and water. Um, simply wet. There you have it. Extremes of heat and wet. In other words, extremes of fire and water, hot and wet. Here again, this is the generation. What's happening is starting with the word. It knocks the generation down. It gives them desires that they cannot contain, that they cannot meet. Followed by extreme stress. Is that, isn't that right in our society today? You better bet it. Followed by extreme stress. People are weak. They have no strength to resist. Followed by, I'm angry all the time. Hot. He makes him hot, throws him in the fire. People are so angry and so hostile, so hostile. Or the other extreme, they're water, they're wet, they're always depressed. Either hangry or oh. The two extremes that are now going on in our society today. The two extremes. So angry, I'm going to take a gun and just kill people. Or so depressed, I'll take a gun and kill myself. These are the two extremes that are going on through the society, through society. And the father says here, oftentimes it throws him to the, into the fire or into the water to destroy him. But listen, before it destroys, its desire is to torment and to enslave. Before it destroys, it is, its desire is to torment and to enslave. But listen. This is happening, was happening there in Mark 9, it's happening now in our society today, and I hope that you can see that. What has Jesus given us to break, to break this cycle? To break this cycle. Fasting and, and prayer. Prayer and, and fasting. First, this will be broken in your own life. If your life now is one of torment, if you don't have rest, if you don't have peace, understand you're under an attack right now. You cannot see it. You cannot feel it. You cannot taste it. You cannot smell it. But there are adversaries. There are enemies that are right now warring against your soul. Now, we can continue to feed it. By listening to what the enemy is saying to us. And it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. Or we can arise and get a fresh attitude. Get the right attitude. The right mindset. And realize that you are supposed to be at peace and at rest. You are supposed to live in joy. And have love. That is your norm. If unrest is your normal, then it's time to fast and to pray and seek God and allow the Lord to manufacture in you or to produce in you the type of faith that is needed that will finally cast that devil out. I pray you've heard the word of God today. We'll stop there in Jesus' mighty name. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise him. Hallelujah. I know there was a lot. But I pray that you got that. Your life is supposed to be at peace and at rest. You can't give somebody something that you don't have. If you don't have peace, how in the world can you give them peace? Listen, if you don't love yourself either, how are you going to love somebody else? Are you hearing? So those are two things that are attacking the body, that are attacking us. They're born again believers. They really don't, if the truth be told, we really don't love ourselves. And the worst attacks are those that you don't even know that, that you're undergoing. When you think that you are okay. You better say, Lord, reveal to me. Show it to me. Show it to me. Show it to me. Show it to me. Because the worst ones are the ones that you can't even see. Again, let's all stand. Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you this morning. And Lord, we can confess honestly that our society, this generation, is in torment. Many are angry. Many are depressed. Many, Lord God, are pining away. We are weak. Oh, so weak. And we can't resist the things that are coming against us. We're so stressed out. Worried about money. Worried about the bills. We're stressed. We're stressed. We're worried. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more. Right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.